Welcome to the Supply Chain Meets FinTech. Today, we are joined by Kevin O'Mara, Vice President for Integrated Supply Chains for Shaw's Industries. Welcome to the uh, event, Kevin. Hey, Mary. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So there's a strong push in the financial sector for improving technology through the supply chain. Typically, invoicing and freight audit and payment are an easy win to just get something in there, get it automated, and get it going. Um, what issues have you seen with some of the tech advancements people have tried to push through their payment scheme? Like, where are the first things that they're going to get hung up on? Well, I mean, I think when we when we look at it, the, the, the payment companies really got to spend time thinking about what problem are we trying to solve and and what is that versus a technology first approach a lot of times we see people come in or and I've seen this in other places in my career where I see people come in and they take a technology first approach they want to show all the technology but they haven't yet addressed what the problem is and so things like you know, a few years ago all the all the rage was on blockchain and we're going to do all sorts of things through blockchain and I'm sure that'll be That'll come to fruition at some point, but right now that's not what's going to solve the problems I have uh, in, in freight payment, not it. Uh, you, you know, people have come through and talk about just literally just paying the bill. But when you're a shipper, especially a shipper of any size, the real magic comes in and how you account code various charges, how you uh, post those to your general ledger, what account codes you use. Those are the issues that we tend to deal with. And, and again, people sometimes will just come in with the, with the technology first approach, which um, you know, doesn't, doesn't work well. You mean just getting a software for the sake of getting a software is not the best route to take? No, no, Never heard not. that before. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, for, so there are, um, so everyone wants to kind of go paperless and there is a lot of paper with uh, transportation and supply chain from invoices, BOLs, proof of deliveries, weight and research reports, you name it. Um, but there are some carriers that do operate on a slightly more paper check basis. Um and, you know, you will have to cut them a check, mail it to them, and then wait for them to deposit it. And then it officially clears versus a typical ACH payment where it just leaves your account and shows up in their accounts almost the same day. So um, do you kind of have any pro tips for people that are um, trying to migrate to a more digital system, but they are ha- but they have carriers that are pretty firmly paper check? Do you think we'll ever get away from paper checks completely? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting to me because I can't for the life of me figure out why anybody would want a paper check. I mean, I'm sure you do. I do. And I, we're both from different generations, but I'm using Venmo and I'm using all these different apps for my personal, um, you know, payments and everything. Well, why, you know, why in the world would we still have checks going on is beyond me. And you kind of answered the question, Mary, yourself in, 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 in your question, you answered it, which is for the carrier you would think they would want no paper checks because of how fast the money can move. And cash flow, of course, is so critical. Why would someone want to pile up checks on their desk and then two days later go to a bank, cash them, wait for that all to happen uh, when an ACH transfer occurs right away? Now, as a shipper, hey, if you want to pile up checks and leave them there for six months, I'm, I'm happy with that. I mean, you, you know, I'll, I'll keep the money in my bank. But but I, I just, for the life of me, can't understand why people wouldn't aggressively move there. It doesn't take 
you know, maybe 15 years ago, it was high-speed technology and some dollar investment to do. It just doesn't take that anymore. It's pretty simple uh, to, to do that. And then I would say that in the, in the when I say long run, I would say in the next five years, I, I can't imagine any shipper of any size being willing to cut paper checks. It may literally be the go-no-go that gets you involved in a bid or not. So, for example, I could see most shippers saying at the front end, when they put a bid out on the road, say, hey, you know, if you can't take automated payments, then quite frankly, don't submit a bid to us because you're not going to do business with us anyways. I mean, that kind of makes sense. You don't want to, if these are your industry and company standards, you don't want to go out, you don't want to like compromise those or necessarily go backwards if you're trying to, you know, be more technology advanced, be more digital, you know, move forward into a more seamless, transparent automation payment system. You don't still want to like go in and be like, well, we got to cut John his check this week because he refuses to go on a digital payment of any sort of kind. It's not even going to be possible for me to do that, especially, like I said, a shipper of any size. Now, I suppose if you're shipping one truck every three months because you're a Etsy person or something, um, you know, maybe. But a shipper of any size, there's there's nobody whose job description is to cut checks anymore. Those those, those jobs are gone. I mean, it is a all digital world. Yeah, I think the place that I came from before, there was one person who like once a month would send out checks because they were just like all the people who wouldn't sign up for an ACH payment. And so she's like, all right, well, you're not going to get paid, but once a month. And they were like, that's fine. But that was she had a whole bunch of other jobs to do. And I know it really, really, really annoyed the accounts payable department when they couldn't balance the books at the end of the month because people hadn't cashed their checks. So I think that's one of those where... I'm glad that everyone's kind of getting on board with it because, I mean, it's just going to help everyone be a little bit more financially stable. And, you know, everyone must know everything's about days to pay. It's all about days to pay. Right. I mean, in in supply chain and especially called logistics, there are always three flows of, that occur. You have the freight flow, which everybody knows about, those little trucks running up and down the road. Then you have the data flows, which is everything about that load, what's in it, what's the material, what's it going to get used for, all the prices, everything like that. And then the third one is the financial flow. And this is what we're talking about here, the financial flow. And like I said, I just in five years, I can't imagine anybody being willing to cut checks. In fact, you know, even again, I use my home as an example. If I had to cut a check today, I wouldn't even know where to find the checkbook. I, on a personal level, I do use a check to pay myself from one bank to another because they don't, like, I can't use a different app for it. So I literally just have to write a check to myself to move it to like a savings account. It's very annoying. Anyway, I don't think shippers are going to want to do that because they have multi-million dollar accounts. Um, so with the increase of digital payments, um, there is an increase in security threats. What do you think are some of the biggest things that shippers need to look out for to protect themselves against potential fraud situations? I mean, you hear about it all the time. Somebody just got hacked. Somebody just got, um, their banking information changed and no one called to validate it. So now all their banking, all their payments are going to the wrong account or to a fraudulent account. What are some of those things people need to look out for? Well, I think first and foremost, 
you have to have really good processes with checklists and documentation and, you know, just really good financial processes, which, you know, you, you should have anyways with or without digital payments. Um, when you think about it, let's get back to the check, for example. When you think about it, that's a very dangerous way to pay bills because what's on your check? Like when you write a check to your bank, what's on it? Your routing number and your account number is on that check. So you're basically giving your routing number and account number to anybody that touches that check. Uh, and so from, from my perspective, as long as you have really good processes and you hit on, on the big one, which is if there is a change in, you know, account numbers, banks, whatever, that you proactively make a, make a proactive personal connection to verify that. Because you can get letters in the mail that say, hey, this information has changed. Well, if you just then just, you know, put that into your systems, you're going to have a big problem. Uh, and so, and so you, you, you then take that like you, again, same thing you do at home. You then call somebody, a known phone number and a known person, and you say, hey, did this really change? Can I verify this? Can I do all those things? Uh, and then, of course, you know, you have to have good IT protocols as well. I mean, you have to be able to have the right connections, which are levels above me in terms of capabilities. But, but I do know that, you know, you know, there are certain processes you have to have. Ultimately, this is getting back to your first question. Ultimately, I think blockchain will kind of um, kind of help with all that, although we hear stories every day that these blockchains with cryptos are getting hacked and things. So I'm not sure it's a panacea and everything, but, but nevertheless, good processes will get you through it. You would be surprised how how many people just take that paper that you get saying like, oh, our banking information's changed and just input it in. Uh, I was talking to someone the other day and they just started like a month ago. They just started implementing that process where they get something that has new banking information on it, call a known contact that they've contacted before. They just started implementing that like last month, which is better than not implementing it at all. But they were like, and the very first person they called, they're like, our banking information didn't change. Like nothing has changed. Like, and then the, the person that they were calling was like, thank you for calling us. We would have never known. And you know, we had no idea. So then they had to, you know, go through all that stuff that comes with that. But still, like the little stuff like that, that you think just seems overkill or weird, or I don't need to call them. They sent me it on their letterhead. You'd be impressed. You'd be surprised how easy it is to manufacture a company letterhead. Very easy. Very easy. I mean, you know, these are just good call it hygiene, financial hygiene, we'll call it. These are just good financial hygiene. And quite frankly, you should do it at home and you should do it at work. So on a more global scale, do you see uh, digital payments and like, you know, like we had, like we've talked about before, cutting out the the paper check, cutting out cash, just as purely digital payment world. Do you see that kind of helping to expand operations in other countries to kind of really create a global supply chain? Do you see that as like a, a hindrance or a helpful tool? No, I think it's a big tool and I think it's a great focus and it will enhance global uh, supply chains because you think about it, what's the most difficult thing when you're dealing with a global supply chain is you're doing business with people that you're, quite frankly, a lot of times you don't really know them. And having a, and this is one place where an intermediary, you won't hear me talk uh, too much about intermediaries, but in this case, having an intermediary that is a trusted intermediary from both sides 
really, really helps. So I don't need to know the person in Kenya, the person in uh, Dubai or whatever, and I don't need to know their background and know whether I trust them or not. Um, uh, I just need to know that intermediary. And as long as they're vouching for it, then, then, I'm, then I'm good. So I think anytime you can eliminate points of friction in the supply chain, and by the way, that, that counts for the freight, the data, and the freight payment, Anytime you can eliminate points of friction, that's good for the supply chain. Absolutely, because you don't want the more seamless and the the more times that something doesn't get touched by a human, the faster it's going to go, the simpler everything's going to be, and the more people will be freed up to do whatever whatever is a real pressing issue that does need someone's individual attention. So ultimately, um, what does the future look like for shipper payments? Will it kind of be a team of one to two people handling invoices, pushing out digital payments? Or do you think it'll be kind of more of how our traditional structures built um, for the next five years or so until everything kind of gets a little bit more digital? Some of those processes get put in place. Um, Do you see a financial and accounting departments growing at shippers or do you see them kind of staying where they are shrinking a little bit? Well, I'm going to give you a third option, which I hope, I hope the world goes to. It's been my dream for 10 years now. And I think, excuse me, I think that it is very, very possible to do this. Uh, I know it is. And probably some people that are listening might say, well, we already do that. And I'm sure they do in their leading edge. Uh, But that is, why are we even sending invoices to begin with? So let me give you an example. If I ship something from Dalton, Georgia to Minneapolis, Minnesota, okay, I ship a uh, truckload of beautiful shark carpet up up there, and I'm shipping that, and uh, um, uh, I know what I contracted for, for the rate per mile. I use a fuel system, so I know what my fuel costs are. And I know that they shipped it because I have in my TMS system a dispatch, a, you know, a tender and a, and a pickup date, and I have a receipt date on the other end. So why do I need an invoice? I can calculate what that is, and I'll just send them a check. And I'll just, I'll just send them a check. And, and, and as long as people have a TMS system, a good TMS system, then they should be able to pay all their bills without invoices. Went to a store and you go to buy something, you know, you don't do a freight pay and audit on that. You, you know that this thing costs $3. When they scan it at the cash register, that means you're walking out the door. They know it costs $3, so you give them $3. I kind of really like that. that. I mean, obviously, naturally, there will be some discretions that like, oh, it should be $400 instead of $300, whatever. Those are exceptions that you can manage. Those are the exceptions, not the rule. Which, yeah, and let's use your example. I mean, it happens periodically at the cash register. You can scan something. The label, the human readable label said it costs $3, but it's scanned at 5 And so you say, well, wait a minute, this is supposed to be $3. If you're like my wife, she sits there and ticks and ties everything before she leaves and gets people behind us really angry. But I'm glad she does because you'd be more often, you know, I mean, she finds stuff. So that's going to happen, but that's going to happen no matter what. Uh, They're going to send me an invoice and the invoice is going to be wrong and I'm going to send it back. But given that we both signed contracts, we both know what the rates are, 
we both have proof positive uh, that that something got picked up and something got delivered. Why are we sending paperwork around? I honestly think people, if you really, if you go through the five whys, which, uh, you know, Six Sigma tells you go through the five whys, by the time you get to the fifth why, the answer is going to be because that's how we've always done it. Right. And And just because you've always done it that way doesn't mean that that's how it should be. That's right. That's right. That's right. And uh, and that happens. That can happen on fuel. That can happen on freight. That can happen on accessorials. I mean, you, you name it. And then you just you do away with the first two examples you gave. I love it. I think that that is that should that should be what everyone strives for, because it cuts down on unnecessary time from a carrier's perspective of trying to send you an invoice from a shipper's perspective of sending them an invoice. It just cuts down on that unnecessary work. And that truly just leaves you with the maybe 2% of exceptions that aren't matching what everyone should be billing, but the grand majority of everything else is matching. And honestly, any shipper that doesn't have a TMS might need to, you know, join the 21st century and get one. (laughs) See, that's what I would do. I would spend my time on making sure I have a really solid TMS that does all the things I said because it solves all those other problems for for me. And then you have a, you know, you connect to one of these uh, freight, you know, a pay intermediary so that, again, you have that trusted source, but you'd eliminate all this passing stuff back and forth. Yeah, I love it. It's the future. It's the future of supply chain payments. And I love it. I'm here for it. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope everyone enjoys the rest of the event. Great. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.